So this is um conspiracy for twenty episode fifty four. We got one of our biggest guests, Mark Sargent, an expert in um flat earth. Hey Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? And thank by thanks by the way for having me. No, thank you for coming on. It's an honor, man. Believe me. Ah, uh, nah. <laughs> I'm not really glad you came on, and I'm, you know we've been excited about this for uh, about two weeks now. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how's Whidbey Island? Where you're from? Whidbey Island is good. Hang on, let me put on my headphones. Okay. All right, that's a little better. The um, Whidbey Island's good. Uh, it's been, it's been sunny, but you know, we're up here in the kind of the middle of nowhere. So the virus thing hasn't affected us like the major cities where it's, it's a, it's a rural Island. Guys, can I tell you, I have taken the ferry from, um, in Seattle to go to the Island before. You really? Cause I've been to Seattle. I went to the Freeman troll. I went to, uh, somebody that works at Starbucks, got some rest, some got like a big property out there in that Island. So we had to take the ferry. And the nice. ferry still let cars in, which I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's but, the only way they can get there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's only so much restrictions. Like on this island, they've taken it down to one ferry on the weekends. Wow. Um, what meaning well, we have two that usually cross paths and they've they've reduced it to one. Uh I know it still goes multiple trips a day, but yeah, it's and it's one boat doing everything, you say. Yeah, one boat one boat doing everything to this island. It's like, all right, it's fine. We'll deal with it. So um basically I want to introduce you to our fans. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, we have here Mr. Mark Sargent, who for the last few years has been basically a driving force in the, the flat earth theory. And you know, we we've been doing this conspiracy 420 show for I think about a year and a half now, and we've touched on all kinds of stuff. But to be honest with you, the flat earth thing is something that we just really haven't touched on too much. And 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 you know what? When when we got the idea to do it and I started researching you, Mark, Mm -hmm. and I mean it really was like an eye-opening thing. Now, some some of this stuff, you know, is out there, like the you know, NASA and the moon landing and all that that stuff's been around we've discussed things like that sure but the actual you know theories of 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 flat earth and some of the experiments and and phenomenon and stuff that that kind of like you know tries to tries to prove it or does prove it right okay it's 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 very fascinating i was in uh rob i was in the eyeball today in the back right talking with one of the guys and I, i i realized something they were like asking about what flat earth is and, and what, what's the beliefs. And I was explaining that. And I kind of said, you know, when you start to really believe this and get your head around it, cause it's very hard to get your head around. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you conditioned your whole life to think the, 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 uh, the earth is a globe. Right. You know, you, you conditioned from like three years old, basically. No. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's your whole life. And, you you know, you start to kind of realize, wow, if I get my head around this, then everything comes crumbling down. Yeah. In a way. I don't yeah. know. Now, you you I watched your movie. OK. Yep. Yep. And um, Mark has a has a film called Behind the Curve that came out in 2018. Yep. Everybody, you could see it on Netflix. It's fascinating. It was okay. great. It was fascinating. It was great. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could, Mark, just yeah. kind of. Talk about how when you first got into this, how you got your head around it. 
Sure. Uh, and I was more stubborn than most people because when I got into it, <laughs> it was the summer of 2014 and there wasn't that much content out there. Right. And in fact, I even joined the, the old Flat Earth Society that was based out of Hong Kong and, and yeah. there really wasn't a lot of material. And nine months later, I'm sitting in my uh, my apartment in Boulder, Colorado, and I'm just I'm just banging my head against the keyboard because I can't figure out how to prove the globe without a without a shadow of a doubt. I can't do it, and so I went the other way. I I went forward and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a series of videos called Flat Earth Clues. Put them out on YouTube with all my contact information, my name and my phone number and address and the whole nine yards. And, which was a dumb thing to do. And <laughs> it was, but, but I wanted people to get a hold of me. I thought, well, somebody just, I figured what I had, what I thought was going to happen was because I made the series of videos and, this, and the videos just basically said, all right, I can't prove the globe in a court of law anymore. Tell me where I went wrong. Tell 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 me where, where everything screwed up. And I was, okay. I was really hoping that some academic was going to give me a call and say, all right, here's where you screwed up. Uh, you forgot to carry the two or whatever it was, and and you can go back to your life and you can shut down your YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, people started contacting me out of, out of the woodwork. Not academics, though. These were professionals from all walks of life. This is stuff that they didn't. There was so much stuff they didn't talk about in the documentary. They followed us around for seven months, but they had to you know whittle it down to about a hundred minutes. Yeah. And so I had people, you know, air traffic controllers and pilots and engineers and all branches of the military. All these people are calling me up. And by the way, the documentary team knew all this. They hated Flat Earth. <laughs> the people, the, pe yeah. the pe people that made this movie did I could tell that. There was a bias. They did oh, see it a certain yeah. way. But it wasn't yeah, it until... seemed like they were against you a little bit. Yeah, and it wasn't until the end, by the way, that I mean, it was supposed to be just a, just a fairly objective human interest piece. They weren't even going to get into the details, but it's really tough to make a movie without going into the details. Scientific yeah. experiments. And... Then all of a sudden, for I, I watched the um, it came out and it had been out for a while, and then I finally watched the director's commentary, where the director and one of the producers and the editor they're sitting there talking. And most of that stuff's pretty boring. It's like, oh, this is how we shot this, and the lighting on this. Yeah. This is the lens we use. It's like, oh, snooze. <laughs> and then, uh, or and there's and they, these guys weren't really chatty to begin with. So it was really one of the worst director's commentary ever. But they got to the point where. That 12-year-old kid was at the conference and he was asking me a question while I was on stage. And they all just jumped in immediately and go, this is the, po the moment where we had to take a stand one way or the other. It's like, whoa, 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 what, what are you talking about? Oh, it's, See, it's all fun and games until kids are involved, right? So oh, when it, right. When, if a 12-year-old is asking me a question, I didn't ask that 12-year-old to be in the audience. Uh, if he's, well, now you're messing with our future. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay. So at that point, they they had to spin the movie the best they could. But remember, most of the movie had already been shot, and they didn't have the money to go back and reshoot it. So they did it in editing as best they could, and took shots at Jaron and Bob. There wasn't much they could do with me and uh, the rest of the people. They kind of left off easy. But Mark, so, that kid came up and pretty much asked you the question. Go, his parents believe in this whole in the flat earth. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He went in his own free will. Nobody told him go up there and ask this question. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's way worse than that. I mean, ever since that. In fact, it, it's funny because the director did that in hopes that it would create a backlash to where parents, you know, wouldn't let their kids because yeah. they're going to be able to stop them, right? From looking from looking at that stuff. And I had so many high schools and middle schools and universities call me 
after that came out because they knew they could talk to me. So, yeah. I mean, I literally did um, interviews with middle schools, with high schools. I wasn't allowed, of course, to go into the classroom. because I was going to ask you that. Have you ever gone into the classroom? No, it's all video. Uh, they, the teachers, there's only so far they can go because they have to get a permission from the administration. Right. And you, it's tough to go to a superintendent and say, oh, yeah, by the way, can we bring in a flat earth advocate into the class? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what the parents might do? I mean, I had fact, the agenda a little bit, right? <laughs> there was. Uh, there was the the local high school here that I grew up in. Uh, they interviewed me outside outside of school, right at a park, okay. uh, you know, within a golf shot of the actual school. And one of the parents caught it, saw it on YouTube, and um, immediately had the kids pull it as fast as they could because they were it's like what are you doing you know you who what what you know what you could be doing to your future if all of a sudden a potential employer saw this it's like really so yeah it's it, it's very very polarizing so yeah and and one thing with the film that mm -hmm. i don't know it, it, it didn't sit well with me was the ending oh no yeah. that was the big shot they took in them yeah um where the end okay a couple things with the ending uh the ending was for those of you who haven't seen it yet where jaron does his second laser experiment and it appears that he screwed up that right. that that maybe that you know that there is a curvature but because you when you raise the laser on the one side he couldn't see it until it was raised up what we didn't know was that jaron god bless him uh, he had complete. He, he, I'm not going to defend him too much because he completely botched the experiment. Oh man! He, he, yeah. he didn't. Uh, you know what they say in the entertainment biz: never do it live the first time. Yes. Always, you know, always do a dry run. Don't okay. immediately go. Oh, what could go wrong? And so, what he had done was he literally brought the film crew up there twice at night and never went during the daytime to see if even even had line of sight. And so many people gave him grief after the documentary. Ah. Out that all of a sudden months later he drives up there i was really stunned when i watched this he made a video as he went up there and he would do went there during the middle of the day it's like oh wow it's the first time i've been up here during the day it's like what what you never you know he thought that particular track of land was absolutely flat next to this dot uh, next to this dike and it wasn't it oh. wasn't flat. he did not have line of sight and he's like all right well better luck next time and he was the first one to admit he's like yeah never yeah, never do the experiment first time when the cameras are running, especially a camera. You know, to be fair, no one thought the documentary was going to do anything. Um, documentaries, you know, people make tons and tons and thousands and thousands of films every year that you will never, ever see because they never they don't even make it to film festivals. Um, for example, this is Murphy's Law. We premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in 2018. And the um, it, they had 3,000 submissions to get in there, and they can only pick 100. Wow. And out of those 100, maybe 10 make a must-watch list. And out of those 10, wow. maybe, two, maybe two or three get purchased. Wow. And the producers had no faith. They honestly thought, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we'll get into a film festival. I think they got into every one they submitted. And they said, well, yeah, but it's never going to get purchased. It was, it was picked up immediately by um amazon and then uh, i think youtube red and then finally netflix and a netflix, couple others right and when it went to netflix nobody thought i mean it was going to trend on netflix uh, for you know it was always in that in that far left position like the 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 lead position in documentaries for six months it just just kept getting hammered and hammered netflix made a you know did very very well with that uh, i don't know how much they purchased it for 
it, of course, none of the people in the movie made a dime, but uh, but yeah, it was a lot of it, exposure, though. You know, it's, it's very, a very. It, in fact, people asked me. They said, "Would you have changed anything in the movie if if you had your way?" And I said, "Well, no." Initially, I would have said yes when I went to the premiere, and uh, I got to see it in a hotel room before anybody else did. And they would. Here's the thing, though. I sat in studio audiences, I you know theater audiences, while it was being played. And I got to see the effect that it had, which was the first 20 minutes of the movie. Most of the people in the audience didn't even think it was real. They thought oh. it was a piece of like docufiction. Um, and there's a now famous story where they uh, showed it to an editor in Los Angeles, one of their friends, and gave him no context whatsoever. He knew nothing about it. Okay. And he watched it. And after he was done, he goes, he goes, wow. He goes, where did you get the money for this film? He's going, what are you talking about? He goes, how much money did you have to pay for all those actors? They played it so straight. Oh. And he, he honestly <laughs> didn't think anyone in the movie was real. He, I, you know, that I was an actor, Patricia was a director, and the, everyone was an actor. And, and, and they go, no, man, that was all real. And he real goes, people. he goes, that conference actually happened. <laughs> and like, you know what? People. I can see that conference happen. You, they got comic book conference. Why wouldn't this happen? Yeah, exactly. Oh, in fact, in, in fact, the media, most people don't know when you have a conference like that, which is really, really weird. Uh, the media will send like a scout team, like usually one guy or a woman, and they'll send one person out there to see if it's real. And the, I saw these 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 recon teams from all the networks that were there. And they immediately I mean, within like an hour, got on the phone. It's like, oh, yeah, you got to send a team like right now, right now, right now. And so by the time the next morning. Shut. We had all these camera teams. I remember I was wearing like three hot mics at once. Wow. I literally, <laughs> I literally did not know. There's so many cameras everywhere because everyone was just. It was the first one ever, and everyone was just fascinated with it. Wow. And just yeah, just snowballed from there. But you know, getting back to my original question, Mark. You know, yeah. when, you, when you first wrapped yourself around this idea, yeah. Did Did you feel like? I'll be honest with you, because I'm almost there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you know nothing is true. Nothing is. True. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to when if you can get your head around this. This is one of the brilliant brilliant things about flat earth. You have to revisit every conspiracy you ever yeah. looked at. Yeah. It it is the ultimate it's the ultimate um eye opener uh, or it, red it, it red pill whatever. Because to, because to me Mark it was yeah. like when I first, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, there's been times in my life where I heard like flat earth, oh, you, you, you're freaking crazy. Yeah, that's right. ridiculous. You know, right. but then when I really started looking at it and then you start questioning, well, you know, if they if they're able to pull this off. Right. For centuries, yeah. okay, basically, then what what is real? OK. Oh, yeah. And, and then you're like, you got like, like you said, you got to revisit every conspiracy theory. Uh, and, you know. Like the moon landing, for instance, which is you know one of the one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, you look at the the lunar module, yeah. and you go, "There's no way you could even walk that thing across the street without it breaking." Exactly. Okay. That's good. I know it. I've never heard. I've never heard it put that way. But you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, you know, it, it looks like if you lean on it, it's going to fall apart. So yeah, it's it's like a homeless tweaker yeah. shelter. It's, right. It's, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, you got to wonder, how did that thing fly through space and then land right. and take off? You know, you know how it flew? You know how it flew through, through space? Because it was on TV. 
Right. And that is something, in fact, we're seeing it now, and I don't necessarily want to diverge into oh, the whole virus. I, I, I do want Oh, my God. Right now, we're going through a me. weird time. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, but, we, but, we are going to get into that. I just want to say one thing, because yeah. with, with the lunar the landing, okay, yeah. the thing that sold me on it, what, what, that it, that it's, that it's, was faked, and I didn't yeah. know this until when I was doing the research with your shows and everything, yeah. is that I didn't know that NASA told the, the major networks that they could not have a live feed. So yeah. I remember I remember always seeing old videos of uh, old clips of, you know, Walter Cronkite sitting there at, at Mission Control. I thought that that's just how they did it. I didn't even think, like, no. okay, they should have had a live feed. But no, they, they had to be there. They, they had to be there. Right. Yeah. I thought that's what they wanted. But, yeah, NASA, for, but NASA was the one that wanted that. Yeah, for those who are listening who, who don't know the context of, of yeah. what we're talking about here, it's the only time ever in media history where the networks were not given a live feed to a major event, where basically NASA says, oh, yeah, we're not going to give you the, the feed that we have. You have to literally come down to mission control. We will put it up on a big screen, and you have to film it second generation with your cameras. Wow. And yeah, you can imagine, right? You know, the studio is going, what are you talking about? But they, <laughs> you, know, but they, you know, they agreed to it. Okay. Obviously well, they had no, they had no choice. They, yeah. They had they no had choice, choice at that time. Yeah. If you, if you don't come down and film it second generation, you're not going to film it. Yeah. So they had to do it. So they had and, to in fact, off. it, it was because of that, it, because of that reason, because that's the reason why I was so freaking grainy. Um, that's the reason Capricorn won the movie was made. Yeah. I remember was that. Be because the studio, the guy from CBS who was watching, you know, the, it being piped through finally through his studios going, I could make a better moon movie this, than this. You know what? I could make a better Mars mission Mars than this. Right. That's a great and he point. did. And he did. <laughs> and it was, and, but while he was making it, he realized how easy it was to fake things. Yeah. And and I, in fact, now you couldn't even get Capricorn one made. I, I don't think. But nah, back in nineteen, do you think? Um, do you think that Stanley Kubrick did it? For the, for the, he's for the, he's the, the most. Landing? Yeah, he's the most likely suspect, and here's why: um, because he was, and I, I don't think it's a myth or a legend. He, he was given five years to make two thousand one a space odyssey, and the government, from what I understand, wrote the checks. You know, he had basically carte blanche. Uh, as far as access to everything that NASA had. And I think what they were doing was they, they went to him and they said, look, we need to find out what can be created in on film, you know, what sort right. of space, space things. And the money is no object. I mean, seriously, no studio is going to let somebody, especially back then take five years to make a movie. Right. And his thing was, well, when I'm done, can I keep the uh, footage and, and release it as a film? It's like, yeah, Sure, why not? Wow. And it and it won Best Picture of the Year, and yep. even in Blu-ray, even now, it is gorgeous. Oh yes, it yeah. is. One of my that's, a, that's a beautiful it's one of my film. Favorite, it's one of my favorite. I'm a big film buff. Ah. It's one of my favorite films, but not because of plot. Because right? No, no, no. It, it, because you could sit there, you could sit there and 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 drink a case of beer, and it doesn't. You know, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty it, slow. It, it's because yeah. of, it's because of the way it's shot. The cinematography. Yeah. Okay. And remember when it came out, it came out in 68 and the Apollo moon landing 69. was in 69. Yep. So yep. basically, and it, and it was best picture of the year. Everybody saw it. Yes. Right. And Everybody so we, we filled in the gaps for the moon mission there with that like film. Hype. There was like a hype, right? You had the film, 
And then within a year, you had the landing and then the following yep. couple of years of, of different lunar landings. Yeah. Um, there is one thing, though, that, yeah. that with, when it comes to the, the moon landing conspiracy that bugs me, that yeah. is the climate, the political climate of the time. OK, sure. Obviously, the Cold War was on Vietnam, Russia, Russia and us were not friends. Yeah. How come if we didn't go? Yeah. OK. How come Russia or, say, China didn't rat us out? Because they had to be watching. Or, or are they in on it? Because, well, okay, they, exactly. At the highest levels, you've heard the term, of course, mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that's what it really is. Because yeah. what you're saying, because remember, it's not just that they could rat us out. And, you know, been saying, oh, they're faking the moon mission because we would come back and, you know, because the the secondary thing would be like why are you faking it which is how i got into this which is okay i understand you know rah rah wave the flag go team america's great that's why we'd fake it that's a good answer yeah. not it's not a great answer when i got into flat earth it's like oh crap we had to fake it and we it would blow the whole thing wide open it, they would be in the same boat as us oh yeah they could rat us out but then it would finally get back to their people it's like oh yeah by the way you're living in a in a in a sound studio <laughs> and you don't, you don't want to you don't want to roll those dice. No. Um, I used that when I was talking with. Um, in fact, I ran it past. Oh, who's that British journalist? Uh, Piers Morgan. Yeah, he was he he was to asking me about this, and he's going, "Why wouldn't you tell everybody?" And I go, "Really? You break that story, knowing the shock waves it might send through all of society. You would break." And he just he just quieted down right there. Yeah, there that, no way. That's a great. That's right. a great answer. I, I never I never thought of it on those lines. So I'm glad you explained that to me. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't have released yeah. it either to people uh, if I would have known. So no, China can't say anything. Russia can't say anything. And there's money to be made because if you set up your own space fake space program, you can make, create jobs and and get right. huge amounts of government funding, right. and everybody wins, right? The only people right. that lose is well, the truth. But yeah, it's rel relative. Well, listen, so, there's not hey, a lot of truth uh, going so Mark, today. How you know what I love about you that way you explain the flat earth with the Truman show, <laughs> which that's fascinating to me. That's brilliant because you know, you everybody's seen the Truman movie, right? Well, most people have. If you're under a certain age, you might not have because it's 22 years old now. Wow. Uh, but I know, right? Time flies. I know. But but yeah, the Truman Show, and I remember seeing that in the theater back in 98, and I was just so impressed. I saw that in the movies too, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. So wow. I was so impressed by the concept. And because, it, yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey did some great acting, and it was, yeah. as overall, some great performances. But it was, could it be done? And it's like, yeah, absolutely, it could be done. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for the very deliberate production mistakes that they wrote into the script, he would have lived li lived his entire life and never ever figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, same thing with M Night Shyamalan's The Village. Oh my which, god, that's yeah. another one. That's, that's, yeah. that's a very good movie. And yeah. they didn't even use any really money to do that. Um, it was, you know, it was just basically a wildlife preserve, but very very low tech. And all they did was tell the airplanes not to fly over. And it goes into the whole children thing. Children, well, not just children, but adults too. We believe the world that is presented to us. And children don't believe in lies. Right. So if you want to tell your kids, oh, yeah, by the way, you're living in the mid-1800s in Pennsylvania. It's like, okay, why Why would I think otherwise? If they believe what adults tell them. So Yeah. 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 But That's it's also going back to the education, the way we're trained, the way we teach. We're, we're programmed to think a certain way and look right. at the world a certain way, which is something that hasn't changed because... 
pretty much this is what been, we've been doing for years. We trained the human eye to this is what it is. This is what you're going to get. This is what you should deserve. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I've what I've noticed in a okay like I'm I'm about to be 51 so I graduated yeah. in the late 80s. Yep, and me too. What I what I've noticed in that time since then is there's this like dumbing down of society uh, to a point where no too many too many people don't want to ask questions. Right. Okay. Especially in a in a, in a, in a educational setting like school. Right. Okay. Um, and I think we have a generation now, this is a little off topic, but I think we have a generation now, you know, in their early twenties or whatever that are the most conforming or conforming type where everybody's into the same thing. Everybody has the same clothes. Everybody listens to the same music. Everybody watches the same movies. Everybody has the same ideas. And to me, it's, it's scary because the generation that's after you as an adult, you know, the ones behind you, I should say, okay, yeah. coming up, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to kind of like make the world better than, than, than what you did. And oh yeah. I not, see it. no, not it now. Happen. No, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, I, there's been some wonderful articles written recently about, you know, the, um, not to go into the protests necessarily, but the kids that are on the streets that are, voicing their opinions they know when, when you when you finally talk to them you realize they know nothing about history they don't even know why they're there i know o- i know other than it's something social to do that they're right. allowed to do right i mean we, we talk about this on our show okay ah, yeah. uh how how a lot of these kids um really they don't even know what they're doing you know they they yeah. not like for instance with the with the black lives matter protests and everything right um you know they're knocking down statues of ulysses s grant right all right, and, and that, I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy fought for to release the slaves. So what do you? Right. Think? You know? Yeah, the, the the northern side. Yeah, no, they're making up any any excuse whatsoever. I mean, yeah. they were going after the. Um, and granted, I had never seen it before. Uh, the emancipation. Uh, yeah, statue. I didn't know about that either. That statue with the uh, right with with Lincoln, Lincoln with, Lincoln with his hand over the the kneeling slave in tattered yeah. rags, and it's like, yeah, it's not the most flattering thing but you got to remember when it was built um it was actually paid for by the slave um the sl- yeah. ex-slaves are, are you familiar well, with the um the american museum of natural history here in new york yes okay you know about the teddy roosevelt statue controversy? yes okay yeah. you know that's a statue i mean it's been there since the 40s so i i mean when i was going to that museum on field trips okay right. in elementary school we all took pictures with it Okay, we all were like, oh, cool, Teddy Roosevelt. Nobody, not an adult, not, right. a, not, not a person of color, nobody said anything about that statue. Okay, yeah. it's only in the last like maybe 10 years or so, maybe maybe 15, that right. we, we've, we've gotten to this point where we're like bitching about statues. It's just like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, okay? Mo- hell, most people don't even know that um, Teddy Roosevelt's on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I, I go, I go, who are the four people? I go, it's Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and and people just draw a freaking blank. And people I go, do that. Roosevelt. people don't realize that. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, now the, one thing with that, okay, is yeah. that statue, I mean the, the carvings on Mount Rushmore, that was built, 
I believe, during his presidency, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, let's face it, uh, the, the numbers showed out. I mean, I don't know how they would reflect currently. Yeah. The most popular president in the history of presidents. I mean, I he, 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 could do, he could do no wrong. No, nah, he couldn't do any wrong. He was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest stories with him that I love is how he was given a speech one time and somebody shot him with a twenty-two in the breast pocket. Really? And, and you never heard the story? No. Okay, he was giving a speech. And he had, you know, um, he wore glasses, right? Yep. He had a, um, I believe it was a, a, a heavy glasses case, probably made out of metal or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it was, it, he was giving the speech. The pa- he had the papers in his hand. He was reading. The, 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 gun, the gunman shot him, and it hit him in the breast pocket. Wow. Okay. He staggered backwards. They got the guy. Okay. And there was a commotion. Yeah. He, stag- he staggered backwards. Guy finished his speech. Nice. Finished his speech. <laughs> nice. And he had he had so, a little bit of blood on him, but nothing serious. He finished the speech, and then they took him to the hospital, and he was okay. But the thing, you know, I think it was like a twenty-two or something, so it was small. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, could you imagine that? Uh, yeah. uh, well, I mean, he was again. He was a rough rider. He, yeah. You know, he helped create the White Fleet. He, um, yep. you know, Spanish American War hero, and so on yes. and so on. I mean. The, the man could they do no wrong. By the way, I, I love by the the way that the protesters didn't even make an attempt at Mount Rushmore. You know, Trump was there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here's your because they don't go out to rural areas. They, no, sti- they stick to the cities. Well, not on certain cities. Mark. Yes. And only okay. certain cities. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, like I like Portland, on, they just won't leave alone for whatever. Reason. I, I, you know, I mean, I said this on, you know, a couple of our shows is, you know, why don't they come to some of the, the tougher neighborhoods in Chicago and Brooklyn and yeah. Bronx, okay. Yeah. And they don't go that. Okay. Yeah. They'll, they'll have their, their, their asses handed to them. And absolutely. And it's, it's like, okay, you know, take over six square blocks of Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Now you're not, you're right near Seattle. How did you feel about all that? I mean, oh, we were not proud. Let's put yeah. it that way. Cause it just wouldn't go away. I think it was kind of an experiment to see, how you know yeah. how long you could let this thing go and I, if it I would agree. turn I, I, into I, I like agree. a Lord of the Flies deal? I mean, yeah, that's what it was. Lord of the Flies. Let's see how long this goes. I thought that was yeah. amazing. Before they turn on each other, and it and it didn't take that long. No. Before now, you know, could you have infiltrated it and seen what was going on? Yeah, sure, I suppose. But uh, it's it's interesting watching the politicians just dance around the issues. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we we digress. <laughs> Yeah, um, so hey guys, let's get back to a little bit of the flat earth. We have okay, art sure, that okay. we don't get all the time. It's great that we maybe we'll do another show where we just talk about politics and everything, but let's talk about okay. the film. Let's get back to I a little can... bit of flat earth, guys. All right, what do you, you want to know? But let's get back to flat earth. <laughs> okay. All what right. do you want to know? Well, um, okay. The, the main thing is for people that don't know is is if you believe in flat earth, you believe that we're kind of like in a dome, like the Truman Show, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the bottom is flat. We're kind of like in a bowl with the ocean and the continents yep. all lined up pretty much yeah. the way we know that they're lined up. Exactly. But, but the interesting thing is that Antarctica is actually a 200-foot wall of ice around the whole thing. Yeah, and it's okay. way, way, way bigger then it's now normally you'd think that Antarctica is this island continent, uh, r- roughly the same size of Australia. But instead, right. uh, so again, the, the flat Earth would be uh, if you took the North Pole and you just put your hand on top of a globe and you squished it, 
to where all the continents were splayed around the center. So it's like a dinner plate with the North Pole in the center. And then Antarctica stretches all the way around the outside. And the coastline of Antarctica isn't the end, uh, the edge of the world. It's not like um, Thor. Thor did us no favors with that whole cosmic water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're living, it's not Asgard. You're living in a, in a big box. Basically right. a big, um, uh, big building with walls and a floor and a ceiling with a giant saltwater lake in the middle of it and some islands in the middle of that where, where we live. Right. And the beginning of, of Antarctica, the coastline, yeah, is you know, 150, 200 feet up, give or take, where, depending on where you are. And what's interesting about Antarctica, most people don't know, is that it plateaus up to about 14,000 feet. Oh. Uh, and, and most of the continent is, is very unusual. Is Even science says that it's about 14,000 feet. There's no animal life. There's no plant life. Altitude sickness kicks in at about 7,000 feet. It's a horrible, horrible place. And the edge from the edge of the, where the coastline starts in Antarctica, when you hit the beach of Antarctica, to wherever the outer border of this thing is, the edge of the snow globe, the edge of the dome, whatever, right. it's got to be thousands of miles inland because the United States Navy looked for it for the better part of 30 years, starting in um, 1928. Right. And they didn't. And then Operation Deep Freeze, which was their last major operation, was 1955 56. And that's when I fully believe they found the outer marker. And wow. then they just to lock the whole place down they said antarctica is closed yeah uh, we, for nobody military. goes to antarctica why uh because the antarctic treaty uh, the antarctic treaty is the only unbroken treaty in the history of treaties it is ironclad uh it is signed off by a whole bunch of nations right. uh it was initially signed off by i think 12 nations like uh, when was uh, that treaty know, signed when oh 1959 okay. and it basically says that no corporation from any country can set up shop there ever, and no one okay. gets to own any piece of property on Antarctica. Is a joint. I wonder, just off the top of my head, okay. Yeah. I wonder if that has anything to do with the Nazis. Oh, absolutely, it does. Okay, I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we all you read my there. mind. I was going to say, have the Nazis been there? Did anything happen? Oh yeah, yeah. The the they Nazis did go down there prior to this treaty you're talking about. Now, also, yeah. I remember, Rob, we did talk about this when. After the Second World War in the early 50s, okay, there were so many rumors around that, you know, Hitler was still alive or there were Nazis hiding. Right. In, oh, in, the ones in that Antarctica. didn't go to South America. That the ones that <laughs> yeah. Didn't make it there. Yeah. That they had yeah. some kind of hidden base. Yeah. So much. So there was there was an actual like the FBI were, 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 were tracking this. Okay. They yeah. were tracking it in a way that, you know, even they believed that it could be possible that they were down there. Right. So the Navy actually sent a, a a bunch of ships down there yeah okay i think this was around 51 maybe 50 actually i i i know this story by heart okay um, no, no. So, so what happened was uh admiral richard bird who went down you know our the youngest admiral in the history of the navy yeah. who spent who who went to the north pole in 1926 and then went down to antarctica in 1928 and was doing missions looking 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 and then world war ii breaks out and everybody leaves the ice but one country, and that was Nazi Germany. And that makes sense because Nazi Germany, uh, Indiana Jones was not just a movie concept. It was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely yeah. true. If there was something that could help them in the war, I mean, look, all's fair in love and war. If there's something that is willing to help them in the war, they don't care how spooky it is. They're going after it. Right. So if the Ark of the Covenant, you know where that is? Yeah, we're going for that. Harry Potter's wand. Sure. Uh, the Ring of Power from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> where, where can we find that? Spear of and, Destiny. 
Exactly, Spear of Destiny. They were still looking for stuff, even though they were losing the war. They still had swords. Oh hell well, why? Things. Why not? I mean, yeah. if you can find the ultimate weapon that can wipe out yeah. a battalion, why not? Right. So they go down there, and they were there during World War II, the entire World War. They had they, the the myth goes or the legend goes that they were building a base down there, and they had found they had found evidence of advanced technology. Blah blah blah. And so right after the treaty was signed, the, um, the surrender thing in Tokyo, uh, in, uh, after the Japan side, the, the Pacific theater, once that ended, Admiral Byrd, 1946, immediately gets a full carrier group yeah. and heads down there. It's called Operation High Jump. Not a secret. You can look it up. Yep. Yeah. And But they said, oh, it's for scientific reasons. Like, really? You're going to send a full carrier group right <laughs> after the war is over? Fully scientific. scientific. 5,000 infantry. You're going down there for science reasons? Right. And whatever happened, they no doubt they were going down there to root out the last Nazi base or at least figure out what the hell was going on. They were going strong. And whatever happened, it, it was not an issue when Byrd went on television in 1954, only eight years later. When he because if, if there was an issue with the Nazis, the, it was resolved by then. The, I've heard all sorts of different stories to where they just hunkered down in a bunker or they burrowed into the ice. Or yeah. the one I like better was that they an, another an older civilization actually was there and the Nazis actually requested asylum with oh, them. Never and oh yeah, oh. that's a fun one where it's kind of turns into like a high school dance thing where they said, <laughs> okay, you can you can request asylum with us, but you can never come back. So the whole so Iron Sky, yeah, it's a yeah. nice idea for a movie. Never, never going to happen. That's hey, why so, because they they said you can come with us, but that's it. You're not you're not coming. You're not coming back. Mark, so this treaty was signed on December first, nineteen fifty two, but it wasn't enforced until June twenty third, nineteen sixty one. How come? How come that happened? I don't know exactly. I mean, they that's just it. They were working on it fairly early on. But it wasn't ratified. Everything I saw was they the the First Nations signed off on it was was in 1959. So did they suspect something in 1950? I see. I here, here here's my theory. I think when they when he went to the North Pole, I think the only reason he was down there from 1928 on was because when he went to the North Pole, he found something so bizarre but so telling about the shape of the world, they said, okay, well, apparently we figured out one, one part of it. Let's see if we can figure out the outer edge, which is going to be much, much tougher to deal with in the North Pole. North yeah. Pole is just a single point in space, whereas the South Pole or you know the Southern Edge, that's a whole other thing. So I think even early when he got down there, they're like, okay, in case we find it, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start, we'll start ramping up this treaty. And then right after he found it, that's when they had nations start signing off. Yeah. It was crazy. It's like Argentina, um, Australia, um, Chile, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, even, uh, the Soviet union, the United Kingdom and the United States. That's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, the, the UK and especially the Soviet Union were severely devastated after World War II. Yes, they, yes. Needed, they needed the resources and they weren't allowed to get them. That's the part. That's why I called it when I was making the clue. They said, look, we, our world is based on money and power and greed. It always has been, always will be. Gotcha. It's about resources. And yet you're telling me that they locked all that down because there's something down there that's bigger than money. I was like, okay, uh, there's only a couple <laughs> things I can think of that are bigger than money. 
and one of them's God. So yeah. whatever's down there, I mean, it, it spooked them enough that they said, yeah, nobody should ever go down there ever, ever, ever. Let's just lock this thing up. Wow. They did. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I you know, human, human beings, human beings break treaties. That's what they do. All the time. It's, it's the running joke. It's like you make a treaty. It's like, oh, how many years before we bust that thing up? Right. It's never, never. In fact, it's not even up for review now until 2041. Wow. Okay. Hmm. So that's and one of the things the UN got right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, out of necessity, because think of it, if you send a petroleum company down there, let's say you um, send Exxon. Well, Exxon's got a lot of resources, yeah. right? Say, and, and, and you could say, well, you can't go past this area for national security. No, a plane accidentally goes past that area or a helicopter or whatever it is. Well, what do you do? You're going to tie up loose ends. Right. And finally, somebody says, you know what? It's not even going to be worth it because we're going to, you know, sooner or later, people are going to go missing. We're going to have to, you know, it, we're going to be chasing people constantly. It's just going to get worse and worse. Let's just lock it down. Uh, the sa- same reason why they, um, when they were doing the moon stuff, the uh, the Apollo moon landings, why there was never any stars in the shots, because they, I'm sure they were trying to figure out. Because remember, nerds are really good about, well, especially the, what uh, I remember. One second, as I remember, yeah. in school asking that question as a kid. What? Okay, why there's no stars? I oh yeah. That. And the yeah. teacher told me it's because there's no atmosphere. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Why not? That's a good. That's a good that answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why? Why? Again, people. The reason why we believe and you get away with the with what you can is because so many people. When when we go through school, you barely make it out alive. Right. I mean, you. It's like, oh my god, I graduated. Thank God, and you forget just about ninety percent of what you were you were in there for. We remember nothing about physics or engineering or chemistry or nowadays microbiology. Right. We remember the, it was kind of like the spacesuit thing. I go, the spacesuit can't work like that. The yeah. spacesuit would turn into a parade float and the person would die. In fact, the early, you can look it up. This is not secret yeah. stuff. You can, the early spacesuits from the mid 50s were made of heavy plastics and or metals. They because were hard, right? They, so were, they were hard. They were rigid. They had to be because that's how you deal with a vacuum. That's why, how it works. And somebody along the line said, oh my God, this is so clunky. We're never going to be, we're going to have to build a capsule that's the size of a city bus. And somebody said, wait a minute, let's make a soft suit. No one will know. And that, that'll be it. No one will get it. And, and even the physics people, it was like, well, it's on TV. It's got to be real. But the rest of the audience is like, so what? They're r- running around in a soft suit. Nobody gets it. They don't understand what would happen. If, if that was in a real vacuum. Just so oh, yeah. people, just so people get it. If if what they were wearing, the soft suits, were yeah. in real vacuum, yeah. they would have expanded to a point where it would have exploded. Yeah, yeah. But you can go on go on YouTube anytime you want and type in something in a vacuum chamber: football, basketball, soccer ball, yeah. stretch Armstrong, a, a soda can. <laughs> they all they all detonate. And seriously, watch a stretch Armstrong, right? And there's I've not broken that- a few of them when I was a kid, man. That gel inside. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. by the way, it's a um, it's it's a corn syrup. Yeah, it's a right. it's a heavy, wow. heavy 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 corn syrup. Yeah. It's actually what I understand, kind of edible, but I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, wouldn't. <laughs> uh, but but everything everything in a vacuum detonates, and they they don't understand, which is again why the ISS. Uh, you can look up the fun little videos on on YouTube. Type in like a vacuum versus steel rail car. The Germans love doing this. I don't know why. 
they'll go and take a steel a steel rail guard, <laughs> not aluminum, and they'll hook up a vacuum field to where the vacuum goes in on the inside where they suck all the air out of it. Yeah. And it crushes like a like a giant just hammered it with his fist instantly. It's violent how fast it is. And you're saying, what's your point? I go, my point is, is how exactly is the ISS doing what it's doing when it's all just aluminum and plastic? Uh, you know, how how is it surviving up there? And the, the, right. I mean, it would have crushed itself, right? Well, no, it would. Well, it would explode it. I mean, it would, it, there's, there's been this massive pressure difference. Massive, massive, massive. And yet nobody cares. Nobody cares. And and the movies, there's some things in the movies, you know this, that are absolutely wrong. And, and I just cringe now that I think about it. Um, so so if there's a pressure difference, like if you get even a, a nickel that punches through your hole, you're dead. You are dead instantly. It is a, such a massive pre pressure difference that all the air is sucked out in two seconds. I mean, a fraction of a second, including everything in your lungs. Right. You, you would be dead in, in seconds. And so when you think about the movie Aliens at the end, when Ripley was yeah. climbing up that ladder, right. uh, yeah. and it's like all this and stuff's whooshing past her. And it would have been over. It would have been over. It's, it's, it, because in the movies, you have to, you know, for dramatic effect. People yeah. understand when as soon as that airlock is open, it's like, dunk, that's it. The alien's gone. You're gone. Everybody roll credits. It's over. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in fact, the, I had a friend in the Navy that was talking to me. He did submarines and he said, people, they, they tell you when you're down there, you know, cause you always see the movies about how the water is coming in and, yeah. and it's like, you know, like you're being in, in a, in a bathtub with the shower running at the same time. That's that sort of thing. And he goes, he goes, they tell you up front, they go, nah, it's not like that. The water would come in so amazingly fast. If, if it was a right type of rupture that you would freeze to death uh, long before uh, you would you know the you would suffocate or you know you or you would drown right. you, you would never it doesn't work like that it's way faster than the movies but now, again i'm, gl I'm glad you brought up the your, your friend and the submarine because i did <laughs> listen to that podcast oh you did oh good I, yeah most of it and one thing that struck me and yeah. I'm gonna, i don't remember exactly how he explained it you'll probably remember yeah. he said if i remember right that in all his years yeah. As a submarine commander, he he never did and he never knew anybody that went into the southern hemisphere. Right. Because you, you can sign up like on a bulletin boards for assignments. Right. And people sign up for crazy stuff all the time and no. And there was ne he never even ran into a guy. and He was a pretty social guy. Um, the other thing I, I got to mention real quick, which is, uh, the, the gravity versus the vacuum of space, which is one of my big things. People say, oh, right. well, no, it can't be a, a flat earth because of, of, um, because of whatever space I go, really tell me how space works exactly. Because when you're sucking a soda out of a glass with a straw, you're using, you're creating a vacuum force, you know, right. and it's like, I'll say, so why doesn't the soda stay in the glass? You go, well, because the vacuum force is too strong. I go, perfect. I go, let's say there's a vacuum above you, right? A, um, uh, you take a vacuum chamber and you put it in the room above you and you pop that valve on your ceiling. What happens? It's instant. It's violent. And the pressure equalizes instantly. And you're saying, well, what's the point? My point is, is that why didn't the gravity stay in the room where you were? Why did it go upstairs? You know, why did the, the atmosphere stay in the room? Why didn't it go upstairs? Or why did it go upstairs? And you say, okay. And I go, so when you go outside, how exactly is our atmosphere here instead of in space? And I actually had a guy come back to me and say, well, because there's so much more gravity. I go, no, no, no. It's the same gravity that was in your yeah. room. If you can't stop the atmosphere from going upstairs, why, you know, why is it when you go outside or is our atmosphere still here? And, and they said the, the, the only answer is gravity. Literally, that's the only answer you have. 
And I say, no, it's because you're in a pressurized system. You're in a building. There's nowhere for the atmosphere so, to go. Right. So there is a, 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 a clear, I guess it would be clear, dome above us. I mean, I don't know if it's clear because at that point, it could, it, could it be projection? You know, people say, okay, what's it made out of? Yeah, like a planetarium, you know, could it be a projection, a rear projection type deal? It could very well be. I mean, remember, we haven't even had HD television for 20 years. What, what could you do with a th an extra thousand years? What sort of tech could you have there? You know, what's the dome made out of? I don't know, heavy, heavy element, heavy water, force field, unified field, some high frequency job. Right. Take, take your pick. But whatever was happening, we couldn't bust through it with megaton weapons back in the 50s. So it's you know, we're not getting through it. And so I think they've been working on, you know, different alternatives like harp and maybe CERN trying to work their way around it, but nobody's getting yeah. through this thing. And also, uh, what was it in the in the early sixties, I think 1960, 61, didn't NASA talk about the Van Allen belts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ni nineteen fifty nine actually. 59, same right. same now year we, the, the same year the treaty was ratified. Right. Uh, the, so the radiation is so high. That you can't pass through that without dying. Right. And then Kennedy comes in in 1960 and said, you know, we are going to go to the moon in this decade and, you know, do the other thing. That, that whole speech. Yeah. And he he says this and screws everybody up <laughs> like, because now it was like, uh, so they literally went back to Van Allen, the, the, the NASA guy. It was NASA that discovered it yeah. amazingly. And he goes, well, we'll have to go through really, really fast. <laughs> that was his answer it's like okay we're gonna hit the gas it's like okay um but your best speed even admitted best speed is maybe 17 18 000 miles an hour these things are supposedly if you what you say they are they're sixty thousand miles thick that's a couple hours each way remember you're doing round trips and you're slowing down on the way back right so and nobody died no it's in fact it's one of my my favorite questions which is are the van allen radiation belts deadly yes or no if you say yes, then how the Americans make multiple round trips? Nobody died. Nobody got radiation, radiation poisoning. Nobody even got cancer. In fact, there's five of these guys still limping around today. And if you say, <laughs> oh, they are deadly or they aren't deadly, then I say, okay, go to the NASA website, nasa.gov. Look up a wonderful little video they made called Orion Trial by Fire, where they said that no, we, we can't even test capsules with human beings because we haven't solved the radiation problem. It's like, well, what do you mean? You, you solved it perfectly in the '60s. What are you, what are you talking about? Wow. You, you, you solved it absolutely perfectly, and no one, no one has ever answered that question for me ever. I mean, it is so straight up because the only shielding you can use for radiation is um, gold, lead, lead. And, a whole, and a whole bunch of water, and they only use plastic and aluminum, like the ISS. So there you go. And another thing about the ISS that mm -hmm. bugs me is there is not one picture of it being built. <laughs> yes. Thank okay. you for bringing that you up. Know, You're absolutely right. There is no, we have time lapses of everything, yeah. right? Including um, like the World Trade Center. We've got yeah. time lapses of that sucker getting built from the late 60s right. all the way through 72. There isn't, you'd think this is the, mo the, the biggest thing we've ever done up in space. We'd have a time lapse, even, even a CGI, you know, special, you know, enhanced time Nothing. lapse. No. It is all straight up CGI. There isn't a single aspect of it that is uh, that is that is actual photography. It's like, why? Why? Well, you notice lately when they've yeah. been showing it, okay? Because there've yeah. been some some uh, video clips in the last couple of months. Yeah, they got them wearing masks up there, like they got the coronavirus. <laughs> Are you serious? 
I, I saw it. I, <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. You know, there was a uh, there was a story I read just today where a fishing trawler, where they had tested before they went out, they were out there on the water, just them. They never came into shore for thirty some thirty five days. Yeah, they came back tested positive, and what? it's like okay, so how exactly you know if because if, if you're gonna say that's actually a legitimate thing, then all bets are off. Anyone can get it anytime, and and yeah. yeah, the space people wearing masks—that's just propaganda. Yeah, I mean uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's 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 the, well, the space program's always been propaganda. Oh yeah, always from the beginning. But so, it's also but it's also trendy. They 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 try to make it as current. So like when you know who no, no matter who's in the playoffs in the NFL playoffs, they always have the jerseys. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and all they, the other they everything they have is current. They tie it into what's going on. Yeah, you know and. I mean, I, when I saw them wearing masks and then also the, the SpaceX thing that went up a few weeks ago, I think it was. Mm. OK, um, they had them like, you know, for the first time it was going to go off. They had to scrub the mission because of bad weather. Right. And then they had them, you know, they, they brought them out. They put them in the in the SpaceX rocket. They took them down. They had to scrub the mission. They quarantined oh, no. them away. They made a whole big spectacle of that. Oh, we're going to quarantine them away, you know, for another day or two so they don't get the coronavirus. And right. then, you know, it's just ridiculous. You by, think by, that these people would be safe, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And by, by the way, I never understood the whole uh, scrubbing a mission because of bad weather. I mean, fine, there's a rainstorm. Who the hell cares? Airplanes don't care about rain. They don't even care about snow. Yeah. You get even a threat of rain, and they scrub They scrub the mission. It's like, why? I, I think it's just a, a suspense thing. Yeah, I think it is. You know, back, at the, back in the day when, when it was a big deal, one of these launches, Right. You know, and you'd have everybody. Oh, you know what? We can't do it today because of the weather. Everyone's like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They we'll, say, well, it could we'll be do, lightning we'll, strikes. And it's like right, with lightning strikes. Yeah. Something. Hey, where, where where was I leaving off exactly? Oh, the moon stuff. Oh, yeah. So, again, why? It's a ballistic missile. I mean, the, the whole NASA program is based off of weapons technology. It's a really robust rocket. And yet, yeah, for the suspense, like, oh, we're going to cancel it because, you know, we saw yeah. three three seagulls that were, you know, hovering around. It's like, what? Now, if SpaceX SpaceX did that a few times. Yeah, well, and NASA used to do, like, the space shuttle used to do it all the time, which gets to my next thing here is is the space shuttle, okay? Yeah. Now, you know, as a kid, I mean, I remember in 79 when the, you know, the Columbia went up and, and, uh, you know, as a kid, I used to make models all the time. Sure. Models of the space shuttle. It was, like, the greatest thing. And, And, you know, you think about the challenger yep. and if if all of this is bs yeah then the challenger then astronauts the, didn't the die challenger astronauts didn't die it didn't nope. happen and nope. they put the they put the country through a traumatic thing yeah i, mean, I, remember, I remember kids crying over that man yeah, yeah. well I, you know the, Not me, it, I was older but younger kids uh yeah i was in i was in my first year of um university when when it yeah. came i remember exactly where i was when it was flashing over the televisions i was i was a senior in high school when that happened and unfortunately that's one of the uh the 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 side effects you have to deal with, which first off, you would never ever put an astronaut on a pile of liquid explosives. That's right. the last, the last thing it's a missile. I don't care what people say. No, no, it's based off ICBM technology. That's, that's all it is. So it, if the rocket blows up, 
Well, then what do you do with the people? Depending on, you know, what movie you watch, <laughs> now you'd be like, well, we have to kill them, right? Like Capricorn 1. Right. It was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting because Capricorn 1 was seven years before that, uh, that space shuttle disaster. And yeah. that's what they were going to do. It's like, well, we got to kill them, but only because they wouldn't go along with the program. With the military, you know, all these guys that are, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people, almost every astronaut is part of the Air Force. They are military, straight yeah. up. They go through the psychological profiling, and they 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 sign the waivers, and they know full well. It's like, you go along with this, and they're, they're of course, going to go along with it. And in this case, it's like, well, we'll just put you in witness relocation. There was no internet, not even close. No. So we can put you out there. No one's going to know. You'll be fine. And after you age, in fact, we even interviewed one of them. We have uh, had a, one that of our guys... Really? Yeah, we went out to um, one of the guys' houses, and he was he. You know what he didn't do? The part that bugged me about that, I absolutely think it's him, is he didn't give the alibi. Out of all the things he could have said, first thing you do is like, if you're being accused of something, first off, he knew full well why our guy was there, even though he didn't know anything about the flat Earth stuff. But he he didn't give his alibi. First thing he would say is what he was doing in 1986. No, instead, it's like, yeah, I know I used to look a lot like that guy when I was younger. It's like, okay, you're not helping your case. But what no. you should have said was where you were in 1986. Right. Well, that's all you had to do. No, in 86, I was smoking weed in Northern California or <laughs> something like that. But no, he was not. He 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 did, he said nothing until along those lines. Now, only he, in fact, he even gave whoever it is because, well, whoever that guy was, you know, you, you know, give him a pat on the back. He's a, a heck of a guy. He was actually giving himself compliments. It was just blowing me away because like he, oh, but yeah, he was a professor at some university and one of our guys drove out to his house. Sorry, let me go up real quick. Um, SpaceX. Yeah. Uh, the car in space. A lot of people like bringing up the car in space, the, the Tesla Roadster in space Yeah. with that wonderful footage. It had three HD cameras on it and the thing was spinning around and around and around. And there were so many things wrong. Uh, two, two major things. One was the car was completely intact. There was nothing wrong with it at all. And supposedly this was taken straight from uh, um, Elon's garage, right? It wasn't retrofitted yeah. in any way. It was just, you just put it inside the capsule, fired that thing off there. And with the huge temperature changes and pressure changes, that car would have been shredded. First off, the tires would have expanded because remember, it's tires are pressurized. It would have expanded yeah. to a certain point and would have detonated. Fiberglass would have been ruined. All the other pressurized systems, granted, it's not a gas motor, but all the brake fluid the uh, transmission fluid, the washer fluid, all those pressurized systems, they would have all blown up. The huge temperature changes would have spiderwebbed those windows. The, 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 first, the, the, the main front windshield would have been spiderwebbed for first. The side windshields would have been just destroyed. And uh, <laughs> but, but the thing that got me was what they didn't have. You know what should have been on there? Look, this is America. This is capitalism, right? That's a there's yep. Tes- Tesla and SpaceX, right? Private company and a public company. Right. There wasn't a single logo on anywhere to be found on that car. That mm. thing should have looked like freaking NASCAR out there. It should have been wall to wall decals, right. and it wasn't. Even the mannequin didn't have any decals on them, right? I mean, for, and for, why are you using the convertible? I mean, that was straight out of uh, Heavy Metal, 1981, the animated movie. <laughs> Seriously, they just ripped that off. Why didn't you use your flagship car? which was the S-Class, the four-door you know, sedan type deal, yeah, you yeah. could have sold seats and you could have sold all four to Disney. It would have been a marketing bonanza. You put huge. a Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, Groot, and Iron Man, because they own all four, if those, that car, <laughs> the thing would have paid for itself. And yet you didn't That's see true. a damn thing. There was not a single sticker anywhere. I mean, for God's sake, you had three full-blown HD cameras. 
uh, I even had I even had producers tell me it's like yeah it looks pretty fake. I'm going then why do you why are you running it as real? It's like well looks good. It's <laughs> like what <laughs> they did the same thing with um the Felix Bumgarner jump, the Red Bull guy that jumped out of the balloon at 130,000 feet. Where yeah. you know, and they show this huge curvature of the earth, and and all I do now is I show Neil deGrasse and uh, Grass Tyson on on stage because he thought it was scientifically dishonest. He said that yeah, you shouldn't be able to see the curve at all from 130,000 feet, even though the Red Bull guy says he saw, and they use a huge fisheye peephole lens yeah. there, and it and it's like okay, and I even asked, I told a producer, I go, you realize you cannot see even if it was 130, you know, even. Even if he was, I think he was up there, but I go 130,000 feet. Even if it was a globe, you wouldn't be able to see the curve. He goes, he goes, yeah, but it's more dramatic shot. And I go, so that's why you use it. I go, you don't care if it's real. <laughs> no, they go, they I go, not really. <laughs> if it's, if it, you know, if it gets ratings, that's all they care about. Every, I, that's one of the things I have learned by doing this over the last five years is yeah. that producers have said, they go, I was on this one radio show where they were they they, they turned it into a call-in show, and these people are so angry. They hated me so much because they just hated the concept. It, it was a very rural Detroit neighborhood environment, gotcha. and they were just swearing. It was like a serious radio thing, and they and I I, you know, I, I stayed on, and the producer was like off air. He's going, "Wow, I'm so glad you hung in there." And I go, "Why?" He goes, "Oh, you don't get it." He goes. Doesn't matter if you love or hate a topic, as long as you're engaged in the topic. In fact, we love it more when you hate it, because people pay yeah. attention. It's like you don't. It's they don't want to hear. Yeah, they don't want to hear people. Like I did a call-in show uh, for an Australian radio thing, and, and off-air they said, "Oh yeah, we had so many people calling in, wanting to say, hey, great job, and and what a wonderful thing you're doing.'" And I go, "You didn't let them through." It's like, no. Why would we let them through? <laughs> no. We want That's... people to yell at you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. What else you got? Anything? Hey, let me tell you, I got to ask you something. What's the deal with uh, Matt Bolden? Mm. The guy that, like, yo, like, you guys were friends, right? I'm no, no. Well, we, we were acquaintances. Yeah, acquaintances. Um, but yeah, what happened with him? Like, he really, like, turned on you. Yeah. Well, that's because he doesn't like sharing with anybody. And it felt really bad in some ways because Matt was he was one of the he was in it before i was he was yeah. one of the reasons i got into it he made some really interesting videos although he was rarely sober when he made them and i should have probably taken that as a tip and because he, he really seriously and you could not sit him down i saw him do one sober interview once and it was brilliant it was the best video he ever did and then he was never sober since then and wow. he, he could yeah. not do he could not do an, another interview to save his life he was just so amped up and so I mean what you saw on screen yeah was absolutely true I mean wow. they couldn't they they tr the producers tr reached out to him several times you saw the the screen I mean they tried to cut a deal with him and yeah. he just wasn't having it he wanted yeah. everything he wanted the most unrealistic stuff ever but the part that bugged me was part of the contract was he wanted the the producers to condemn me as a government agent Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. It, it, it reminded me of that Steve Martin joke. Uh, when you get caught robbing a bank, um, make one of your one of your um, uh, demands crazy. So he, he goes, here's what you do. You ask for a million dollars, getaway, <laughs> getaway car, and the letter M stricken from the English language. Okay? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you got to make one of them insane. That way they think you're crazy. And he laughs and he goes... <laughs> Get no, away, but get away. You know what? It goes back to the Austin Power one million dollars, and they all laugh. 
Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, Matt, Matt was, Matt's just, yeah, he just doesn't like playing well with others. And seriously, he was, he, we invited him to conferences. He wouldn't come and yeah. he, but he wouldn't apologize either. I mean, he, he condemned us every chance he got. And we finally say, look, just, you know, grab the olive branch and be nice. And he wouldn't do it. And now he's he's out in Vegas. I got to say, you gave the guy a lot of chance and you give him a lot of credit. Like you talked about, you talked very highly about him, even though after all this, which I got a lot of respect for you for doing that. I, look, Definitely. I got, I got nothing against Matt. It's, yeah. it's, you know, Matt and I talked in the beginning, but he, there was this point really early on. I saved the email. Uh, you know, we, um, I, if I ever have to use it, hopefully I won't, where he said, um, he said, you need to be on board with our program, mine and, and Eric Dubay, who was out of Thailand. And uh, he goes, you, you do this or we're going to try to discredit you. And I go, okay, first, I don't know either of you guys really well. So <laughs> I appreciate that you're, you're doing this posturing, but uh, I think I'm just going to go my own way. So anyway. Well, wow. Mark, let me, let me ask you one final question here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll kind of wrap things up soon. Okay. Um, if you know, if you were asked a question that, well, let me let me think of it like this: What would be the question that you would be able to answer that definitely, in your mind, is the strongest uh, proof of a flat Earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's long distance photography. So okay. I challenge anyone that's listening right now, and I'll explain it to you real easy. Uh, it is by far number one with a bullet, uh, our, our strongest argument. And I didn't even come up with, with the clues. Other people came up with it on their own, which is great, which is the curvature of the earth. Eventually, you have to see it. And I'm not talking about side to side, like what they show with the Red Bull jump. That, that'd be us. Yeah. I'm saying that eventually, off in the distance, some, you know, a boat's going to go over the curvature. It's like, well, I've seen a boat go over the curvature. It's like, really, have you? Because the curvature of the Earth, and it can be measured, um, it is eight inches per mile per mile, which means it's eight inches per mile squared. And I'll make, Where, it, right. make it real easy for you. So it's three miles. It's three times three, which is nine times eight inches, which is um, 72. Ten times ten is 100 times eight is 800 inches. And if you go out to 50 miles, it's pushing like 1,700 feet because it gets steeper and steeper. It's not like stairs. It has to eventually go vertical because you're, you're going off of the edge of a beach ball. And... What happened was what really changed the game was HD technology. So before, if you had a $3,000 VHS camera, you know, one of those big things yeah. on your shoulder, you could zoom in on a boat on the horizon and just be this fuzzy, blocky thing. You wouldn't even know yeah. what the hell it was. It's like, is it a house? Is it a tarantula? You have no idea. <laughs> and HD technology, though, what happened was you could zoom in and it would be perfectly crisp. Well, that's a problem because eventually, you know, you have a boat out at 30 miles or whatever it is, there should be a, a big chunk of horizon obscuring that boat or lighthouse or building or whatever it is. Just look across any body of water. And what was happening was we weren't seeing it at all. Uh, I mean, there was a little refraction here and there. Sure. I mean, some mirroring, but we could see these objects. Uh, and it was happening for just about anything to where I started making challenges of going, you know what, find me an object at like, say, 100 miles that we can't see over a body of water. So if a lighthouse, you know, is off in the distance, lighthouse is 150 feet high, you should not be able to see it ever, ever, ever. Even at, even at 50 miles, even at 40 miles, you right. should not be able to see this lighthouse ever, ever, ever. And we can. 
And people say, well, it's refraction. It's mirage. It's like, no, it's not inverted. It's not wavering. We can see right. this thing. And there's these wonderful, my, my best example, and I'll, I, I don't know if I sent you the link, but I will after this if you want. Um, there's these wonderful oil rigs off of California, Santa Barbara. One's at six or seven miles and one's at nine or 10. I can't remember exactly. But you're looking off and we set up the camera on the beach. You know, the height off the water makes difference. So you want to shoot as close to the water as possible. Right. And you look off in the distance and you see both oil rigs, right? You know, fairly close to each other. One at seven miles, one at nine miles. But what's interesting about it is the horizon is behind them. And it oh. can't and it can't be. The horizon has to be by default in front of them. And by that, I'll give you a quick little visual. Uh, if you take a eight by eleven piece of paper and you draw two dots on one end and you bend that piece of paper down, you know, you bend it and yeah. you, to where you can't see the dots. Why can't you see the dots? Well, because of the curvature of the earth, you can't see the dots. I go, yeah, but we can. And there's no way you can see those dots. And not only can we see the dots, we can see the horizon behind those dots. And it's like, well, how's that possible? Yeah. Lay, the, lay the paper flat and you'll find out. That's why. Wow. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and we and people and seriously, I did not convince all these people. And there's a lot of people that are into this. I've not I did not convince all these people that, that the earth was flat. They went out and convinced themselves. They, they literally most of the people went out to a body of water with an HD camera of you can take your phone if you want. But I mean, there's all sorts of like Nikon's got some wonderful ones, P900, P1000, P950, crap like that. And you shoot and you look over the body of water and you can look at boats off in the distance. And here's what happens. This is where it gets weird. And I'll end with this. The boat goes off in the distance, right? It's gone. You can see your friend. Well, with even without a camera. And you say, well, boat's gone. It's gone over the curvature of the earth. That's what we've been teaching people for centuries. Thing is, you zoom in your camera and now the boat's back. And then you let the boat go off again. And then you zoom in your camera more and it's back. Okay, well. Where's the curvature then? Yeah, where, where's the curvature if I keep pulling this boat into frame? In fact, the only limitation, it seems, for anything, you know, off the distance, because people eventually say, well, why can't we see Japan from California or Europe from New York or, I don't know, Mount Everest from everywhere? And that is, again, because we forget our education. It's what you're breathing in right now, what I'm talking through right now, is only 99% transparent. You are breathing in only about 20% oxygen. The rest is nitrogen. You're basically breathing in a thin version of soup. And that has thickness over time. It, over time, it gets 80%, 70%, 40% right. thickness. In, and, in the, in the wow. distance. In the distance. Eventually, you will not be able to see through it. You, our maximum distance, I think, is under 200 miles at sea level because it's just the, the, the air is too damn thick. But if you took the atmosphere away, you could see very, 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 very far. Now, didn't okay now you you know mentioned this i i know you mentioned this on one of your podcasts i think yeah about the chicago skyline yeah okay how people were able to see it yeah on the other side of lake, lake, michigan. lake, lake michigan yeah yeah and 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 the curvature of the earth shouldn't have allowed you to see any of no no yeah 16 1600 feet of curvature and you can see a massive chunk of the of the Chicago skyline. In fact, wow. we even had to we even had to learn new terms. One was atmospheric lensing, which mm. is kind of like looking through a glass of water. You can you know the things kind of get magnified, you know, because you're lo looking through basically a weird lens that's affected by weather and temperature and all the condensation and all that other fun stuff. And so yeah, you can see the Chicago skyline. Now you can't see it every day. You know, some days the weather's crappy, but we sent guys out there with boats. And, you know, filmed it the entire way, you know, zoomed over all the way over to Chicago, you know, the 50 miles and yeah. and they could see it. And, you know, the entire it never it never was distorted at any point. And we've shot lasers across these distances, brought the Guest Book of World Records out to um, a lake in Hungary, Lake Balaton. That's on my channel. Yeah. Uh, people. In fact, we, we even figured out a way to punch through the haze 
without during the day before because lasers you know you only use those at really at night or twilight and um during the day you can actually if the sun's in the right angle you can use a mirror and use that as like a poor man's laser and you can we've done that literally at three yeah. feet three feet off the beach and yeah wow it's, wow yeah. that's fascinating fascinating yeah. all right so mark i yes. want to really thank you for coming on oh thank you okay. and uh anytime you're in new york city please look us up <laughs> All right, we cool. owe you a dinner or something, man, something. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, I got to say, uh, you know, for me, this is really eye-opening. And, you know, it's not too many times in your life you have an eye-opening moment like that. So I'm not going to forget this. You know, it's it's definitely something that I'm interested in. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you guys about it. And yeah. uh, if uh, if you ever need me on or you have any questions, just let We'd me know. We'd love to have you back. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Ha- happy to do it. Hey, so uh, Mark, do me a favor. Send some of your links to um to Mike Baker on um, whatever okay. so I can put on the podcast. I'm gonna uh, we'll probably be up by tomorrow or Saturday that I'll put it up. So just send whatever link because I think this is something that people need to know because you're very informative. You have a lot of information and you actually educate a lot of people that they need the education. They just don't know how to get it. Cool. And uh, where can where can we find you, Mark? Okay, I know you're you're on YouTube with the Strange World Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on YouTube. Uh, you just look up my my channel. The easiest way is just type in um, uh, Flat Earth Mark, and you'll find it. Okay. My channel is just Mark Sargent. Yeah. Uh, I've got three books on Amazon: Flat Earth, uh, Sky's the Limit, Flat Earth, End of the World, and a survival book called uh, Empty Shelves: Organizing Your Corner of an American Apocalypse. And the documentary is called Behind the Curve which is on Netflix. It's been on there very, very easy to find, but you can find it. It's all over the place. And I, I have a strange, I have a podcast on TFR and other things, but I sent you some links, you know, check it out. And, and the thing I want to end your audience for your audience is, you know, don't, don't take what my word, uh, you know, what I all these things I said as gospel, you know, do your own research, figure it out for yourself. I'm not here to per- convince you or persuade you. I'm just here to put things in your head and let you deal with it. Great. Question everything, right? Yep. Question everything. Question everything. Thank you for, hey, Mark, again, thank you for being a guest. This is like huge. Like, I'm like marking out right now. I'm like totally like <laughs> out. It's Thanks, guys. After seeing you. So this is, thank you for everything. And um, hopefully we'll talk in the future. I, I hope you have a lot of success and whatever you got to do, man. Thank you for everything. All right. Yeah, we'll be in touch, Mark. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take thank care. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.